0: This morning, uh, what I'm going to be talking about is faith. The title of this message is Fuel Your Faith. If you're taking notes, hey, why don't you bring out your notebook, bring out that phone. If you're at home, pause this, go get a notebook, get your Bible so you can take some notes as well, and then you can carry on playing. Uh, But Fuel Your Faith, that is the title of this message that I want to share today. Pastor Adam, he's been talking about Esther. He's been going on a journey with us through the book of Esther. And the last point that he talked about uh, last week is how Esther prepared, right? Esther prepared that she had a, a thing that she was wanting to do. She was wanting to approach the king to save her people. But in that whole time, she had a plan to approach him. And in the meanwhile, in the background, she was preparing a banquet, even though she didn't know whether the king would accept the invitation. You see, in that event, what was happening there, there was an element of faith in her actions, but she wasn't waiting to hear a response from the king. No, no, she took action on what she, what she was believing for out of that conversation. There was an expectation. James 2, at the end of that chapter, it tells us that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. That faith, our faith, requires action. Faith is the starting point. Before we dive any further, I'm just going to pray, All Right, Prayer is good, and then we'll kick into it. So if you're... Close your eyes and bow your heads. That would be awesome. Lord God, I just thank you for this time that we can get together and just dive into your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us, um, that your word would just speak truth to us, Lord God. I pray that we'd leave this place uh, clearer, Lord God, fueled up uh, to, to, yeah, to really please you, Lord Jesus. I just pray wherever we are, Lord God, that you would just, um, you would just do a work within us during this time. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to tag off Pastor Adam's final point last week, which is around faith and works. Fuel your faith. A true living faith should be visible from the outside, right? It should be visible from the outside. People should be able to see the change that happens from the faith that you contain, right? The first point that I want to talk about this morning is, what is faith? Now, what even is faith? This faith that we talk about. Thomas Chalmers said this, faith is the starting post of obedience. It all stems from faith. I looked in the dictionary from some high research right there. The dictionary says complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Yet the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 verse one, now faith is the confidence and what we hope for it's the assurance about what we do not see Augustine put it this way faith is to believe what we do not see and the reward of this faith is to see what we believe how true is that the faith that we have will see things that aren't necessarily there right in front of us in fact Hebrews 11 goes on to say in verse 6 that without faith without this kind of faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without this kind of faith because anyone who comes to him must believe. Do you believe this morning? Do you believe? Do you carry this faith within you? I'm not talking about a mental understanding. I'm not talking about head knowledge, but more so heart knowledge. You see, a lot of people believe that God exists, right? A lot of people will say that, you know, the earth didn't just happen. I believe that there is, you know, some, co- some kind of uh, greater power, a God that formed the heavens and the earth. A lot of people believe. Historians will say that there is enough evidence to prove that Jesus walked the earth and that he died on the cross. So I'm not talking about the head knowledge. I'm not talking about having that mental understanding of God. What I'm talking about is a faith that changes a person From the inside. A faith like Chris has got that transformed him, right? That changed and set him free from the addiction, from the struggles, from the battles that he was going through. A faith that is known in your heart that God is a living God. That he created the heavens and the earth. That he was the one that put the stars in their place. A faith that stirs us, that calls us into action. Faith is a starting point of obedience to transform us. It sets us free from the different things that we are facing. The kind of faith that you know, that you know, that you know, right? That you know, that you know. You cannot deny it, that you know, because God has done something so tangible within your own life that you can't deny that he is God. Without that kind of faith, without that belief, that full confidence in God, it is impossible to please him. I need to be, you need to be, we all need to be a people with that kind of faith. As we get up in the morning, we've got that faith with us. As we walk out the door, we are taking that belief in God with us. So number two, why put your faith in God? People put their faith in a lot of things. Grace and I are in youth ministry. Uh, we see a lot of people put faith in a lot of things, only to find that it all flops and falls. Right? People put their faith, their trust, their hopes in all kinds of things, in friends, family, influences, celebrities. We can put our trust in them, thinking that what they say is truly going to change our quality of life. We can put our faith and trust in wealth, in our bank accounts in money in riches in our jobs things like education even we can say you know what if I get this degree then that's gonna sort out my future we put our faith in all kinds of things a couple of years ago I had to put my trust my whole trust in another person with my life I went skydiving <laughs> so so fun over in Talpa, it was a, a whole family experience. We all jumped out of this plane with instructors. And uh, I had to put my faith in the person that I was jumping with. I had to trust that they knew what they were doing, right? That they packed the parachute properly. That they would pull the cord when it was meant to be pulled. There were a whole lot of elements and components that I had to put my trust in at that time. People put trust in all kinds of crazy things, right? All kinds of things, but here's oh, the point. Here's what I'm trying to make. We do not know what tomorrow holds. The Bible tells us we do not know what tomorrow holds. The world can change in just a moment. Hello, COVID 2020. <laughs> this world, this, this whole year has yeah, rocked a lot of people's lives. Things that they thought is, you know, solid and sturdy, all of a sudden shattered in a matter of moments. People can let you down. People can walk out from relationships. Jobs can be lost, as we've seen a lot of people journeying through things this year. Relationships, that end, the different fields that we can study for can cease to exist. There's no guarantee in these kind of things. I just want to remind us a little bit from the Bible, just some people who live by faith. Some people recorded in the Bible that we consider as heroes of the faith, founding fathers of the faith, people that put their faith in God who went on to do great things for the kingdom. By faith, Noah built an ark, right? He listened to the instruction of God and he built an ark. By faith, Abraham, he made the promised land his own dwelling. By faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, conceived a child. By faith, Abraham took Isaac to be sacrificed, right? In the last moments, God provided the ram. By faith, Moses was hidden for the first three months of his life. By faith, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho, they fell down. By faith, David struck Goliath. By faith, Chris's life has been transformed. By faith, Aaron and Miranda now have a baby. By faith, what is your by faith story? What is your by faith moment? What era in your life are you putting your complete trust, your complete confidence in God to see a miracle, to see breakthrough in the situation that you are walking through? By faith. It is so important that you put your faith and your trust in God. Understand this, without that kind of faith, it is impossible to please Him. Proverbs 3, 5-6, to it says, Trust in the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not just a little bit, all of it. And do not lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. So why put your trust in God? He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging. He's the rock. He's a sure foundation in which you can stand. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the giver of authority. He will never leave you nor forsake you. People might walk out on you, but God will remain with you by your side through the highs and through understand this. We serve a God whose ways are higher than our ways, whose thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We need to put our trust in him for the future. We need to put our hopes and our dreams, our full confidence in him. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or could think of according to the power that is at work in us. If you're in a position right now and you feel like there's no way, there's no breakthrough. Like you're in a rut. Like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get over this hurdle. Can I encourage you that Jesus, he's the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, what are you in need of today? He can provide those things for you. In fact, the Bible says that the Father knows what you need before you even ask of it. How incredible is that? That he already knows what you need before you ask of it. So put your faith in Him, put your faith in God today. Because when you do, He gives you strength to stand when Owen else will. when you do, He'll give you hope when things are tough. He'll give you joy when you're feeling empty. He'll give you love. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you peace when you're anxious and restless. He gives rest to the weary. Rest to the weary. If you put your faith in God. It can give you that new identity in him, a sense of security and acceptance in him. I was on a phone call earlier this year. We'd just come out of lockdown, and I was calling a couple of other youth pastors from around New Zealand, and I phone called this particular couple in the deep south, Otautau. If you know it, I haven't been there yet, but I'm hoping to go in a couple of weeks, but Otautau. So I was having a conversation with this couple, and I was blown away by the story, all right? For a long time, they had been working hard and saving up for a house deposit on a house, right? So they'd finally gotten this deposit. They got pre-approved on a loan, so they were ready to go. Then one night, my friend Josh, he has this dream, this vision of a house, okay? Just out of the blue, out of the blue, has this vision, has this dream of this house, and he knew the house. And so they got in the car and they went past it. Sure enough, it wasn't on the market. It's like, okay, all right, well, I don't know what this dream, I don't know what this vision is all about, but I've got this image ingrained in my mind. So they proceeded to carry on, they had the pre-approval of the loan, and they found this other house that was on the market, available and ready to go. Now we all know what the housing market, what the housing market is like, huh? It's pretty crazy, people all over the place putting in like top offers, their best money, whatever they can, throwing all at it. And so what they did, they decided they would put an offer on this house that was available and ready uh, at that time. So they put their best foot forward uh, from what they were approved to do. Came to the deadline sale and the agent said, hey, look, you know what? Thank you so much for putting your best offer forward. Unfortunately, someone else has put the exact amount on the house as well. So you either have to come up with a bit more money or, you know, just I'll leave that up to you. So in that moment, they decided to put their faith in God. They decided to turn towards him and they said, God, if this is of you, pray that we'd have it. If it is not of you, we ask that you would just close the door. They put their trust in God. They didn't get the house. They didn't get the house. But remember the house that they had a dream about? The house they had a vision about? Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine they were a bit disappointed from losing this other house. Yet in the back of the mind, it keeps coming up this other house that God had revealed to them. A little while later, the owner of that property came and approached them and said, hey, I felt like I needed to offer this house to you. I was going to put it on the market, but I just felt led to, you know, offer it to you guys first. Would you like to buy this house? And so blown away, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is crazy. He could have put it on the market and they could have had to contend for the house again. But the owner came to them and said, no, I feel like I need to offer it to you first. So they came to an agreement. They said, yes, yep, we'd love to. Buy that house of you. But here's the, the cool thing. They didn't need a loan from the bank, right? The owner already had the money and just wanted to sell the house for retirement and that kind of stuff. So they made a deal, and all they're doing now, they moved in, and all they're doing now is just making payments against the principal. No interest. How amazing is that? When they put their faith in God. Come on, such an awesome story right there. By faith. By faith, what is your by faith moment? What could that be for you? What era in your life are you needing to put your trust and your full confidence in God? Because we serve a big God. We serve a big God. And when we put our faith in him, we can believe for big things. We can, we can. Point number three, faith is a shield. Faith is a shield. It's, I think it's really important that we understand this that it's important that we pick up our shield every single day, that we go to work, that we go to university, that we go into our living room (laughs) with that shield. The Bible says that faith is a shield that extinguishes the arrows of the enemy. But what else does a shield do? A shield that protects us, right? Protects the vital organs, protects the heart, protects the head, but it also enables us to move forward, right? It also enables us to advance and what we are doing. It's not just to you know, keep us safe and put, no, no, it's to make us advance, to move forward little by a little. So when the flames of the enemy come at us, the fiery flames, the, those thoughts of doubt, the negativity, the lies that people speak over your life, what do you do? You pick up that shield of faith. You know what, God, I'm just gonna trust in you. I'm gonna wash myself with your word. I'm just gonna reaffirm what you say about me in this moment so that I can move forward. Oh God, what does your word say? It says, I am chosen? Okay, all right, right. Wait, I am loved? Hang on, these people are saying I'm an accident. No, no, no. God says that he knits you in the womb of his mom. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. His plans are not to harm me, but to prosper me. Man, I need some help right now. God, I got my faith. Where does my help come from? I look to the hills for where my help comes from, is from the Lord. Faith is a shield. It is there to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy, those empty comments that people say. Let me encourage you to pick up your shield of faith every day. Whatever situation you're walking into, the office space, those meetings, pick it up. Let the Word of God wash over you so that you can continue to move forward. Point number four, how can we fuel our faith? At the start, I said this statement, faith is the starting post of obedience. To fuel our faith, we need to be people who step out, who put faith into action. So my question to you is, what has God placed on your heart? What has God been speaking to you over the last couple of weeks? What is that thing that you feel God is leading you to do? May I suggest that you start there. Whatever it is that you start by actioning on what you're feeling led to do. Been married for almost four years now, I used to live in Napier, I moved here, and I needed a new job, so I uh, managed to get a job at the local college, Uma College, as a student support uh, teacher, student support worker over there, and uh, a lot of the role was working with students, setting up goals, uh, just being a real encouragement to them. So I was in this office, having a meeting with different, different students, um, but also other teachers would come in as well. We'd have conversations, talk about the progress of the students I was working with. And I remember this, this one time, I felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to do something. Okay, a teacher had come in on crutches. The foot was really sore. I could see that he was in pain. I just felt in that moment that I needed to pray for him. I needed to pray for him. And in that moment, all of a sudden, I started to become really aware of my surroundings. There was another teacher in the office with me. And there was a big window off to my side and a whole lot of students over there. So I was like, now? Now, God? I was like, okay, all right. So I didn't pray for him. I was like, honestly, I, I chickened out. I chickened out. And he-, he, left the- he left the room. and I was like, oh, man, far- I really felt strongly to pray for him. I was like, God, if you know, bring him back and give me another opportunity to pray uh, for him. <laughs> so he came back. And uh, at that point, the other teacher had left, so it was just us in the room. And I was like, okay, great. Here's my moment. So I struck up some boldness, struck up some courage. And I was just like, hey, I, I see you're in crutches. You're in a bit of pain there. What's going on? He told me a bit of the story, and I just stopped, and I said, hey, can I pray for you? Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe that God can heal your foot. Can I just pray for you? It was nothing weird. Okay, hear me out. Nothing weird. It was just total, uh, totally normal. Okay, you can pray for people and be normal. Uh, hey, I'm just going to say that right now. Be casual. It's all right. It's all right. Um, so I proceeded to pray for him. Something along the lines of, God, I just thank you so much that you're good. Lord, I pray for healing upon his foot. I just ask that you would restore it and make it like new. Amen. That was it. Boom, done. And uh, back into the, he was out of the office and we just carried on with our day. The next day I saw him again. He wasn't wearing his crutches and that kind of stuff. So I asked him, hey, how's that foot going? And he said, hey, it actually feels really good now. You know, in fact, by the end of yesterday, it was, yeah, like back to normal. I was like, wow, how good was that? If I hadn't have acted from what I'd felt, who knows, he could have still been hobbling around, right? And I was like, my goodness, I'm so glad that I actioned that faith. Today, you might feel like you have a little bit of faith. But let me remind you, Jesus said that faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. So with the faith that you have, where can you take that and where can you plant it? Where can you fuel the fire of your faith so you too can step up and step out? One of the things that we can do to fuel our faith is to surround ourselves with people full of faith. It's something that we can do. That is why coming to church is so important. We're not made to do life alone, but together with one another, that we may build and stir each other up. Hebrews 10:24 to 25 it says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. To not neglect the meeting together, it is important that we come together where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Church is a place where you can be built up and encouraged. Man, I'm having such a a rubbish week. You know, the work is just piling up. I'm over my head. I'm stressing out. Get to church. The kids, they're driving me crazy. Oh, I just need a a bit of an extra sleeping, all right? The grandkids, they're ruining the house, all this kind of stuff. I just need some extra sleep. Get to church. Church needs to be a priority in our week, and especially for our kids. Can I just say this? For our kids, that we need to teach them in the way that they should go, all right? It's important for them to see us as adults, us as parents, example that for them. It's going to be so important for when they grow up. When we are feeling downcast and empty, we need to go to church because it's the place where we can just reset ourselves, realign that actually, you know what? He's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still worthy of my praise. So despite what's going on in my life, I'm still going to give my best to him. Come on. We need to get ourselves to church. Surround ourselves with people full of faith. Connect groups. Third plug for the day. Connect groups. You are the church. Remember this. You are the church. The church is the people, not the steeple. We can gather together outside of a Sunday service. Proverbs 27:17. iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. As a man sharpens a man, as a woman sharpens a woman, it's important that we do life with each other, that we may be stirred and encouraged in our walk and in our journey, that when we're feeling weak, we have the people around us to direct us to our Father in heaven, right? It is so important. Get into the Word, for the Word is a lamp unto our feet. Spend time in prayer. to wrap up that point, my challenge for us, my challenge for you, even for myself this week is what are you going to do this week to fuel your faith? What are you going to do this week to fuel your faith? Could it be sign up to a connect group? Could it be going out to a coffee with someone? I don't know what it is. How about even taking a moment to ask God, God, what is it that you would like me to do this week? And do that. You know, I love Chris's testimony and I love God's faithfulness. And this room is full of so many stories. And just for a little bit, I want to share a part about my testimony, a bit about the journey that I have walked. In 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. If we remain faithless, he remains faithful. And my story, my testimony it really does go to testify God's faithfulness. So I grew up in a Christian family. Mum and dad love each other. They love Jesus. They still love each other. They still love Jesus. Amen. Five of us kids, I'm smack bang in the middle. So five of us kids, it was a busy house. We're Never short of anything to do. There's always someone to play with and someone to have a bit of fun with. So it was a really, really fun uh, time growing up. Love my childhood. I remember when I was six, I made the decision to give my life to Jesus. It was outside the kids' building at Napier Christian Fellowship, another New Life Church, outside the kids' building on this uh, field of grass. The leader asked if we wanted to make Jesus our best friend. Looked to my left, looked to my right. My friends had their hands up. And I was like, hey, don't forget me. I I want a new friend. I can't miss out on Jesus. And so I gave my life to Jesus and accepted a new best friend at the age of six good peer pressure and its finest right there. (laughs) When I was 15, I got baptized, and we had baptisms just a little while ago, and uh, it's such an incredible time. It's such an incredible statement at moment. I remember when I got baptized at the age of 15, uh, just that whole time going down, coming up, you know, the old is gone, the new is here, new creation, just confirming all of those things within my own walk. I remember being so bold, so courageous, full of fire, fueled up really, fueled up to do whatever the Lord wanted me to do. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me <laughs> because my God is on my side. And I remember challenging the devil, give me your best shot. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could throw at me that could possibly rock me from my faith, from my belief with God don't do that. Don't do that. Word of advice, don't do that. Sure enough, after that, he responded, he accepted, and little by little, I started to fall away from the things that I used to hold so strong in my beliefs and my faith. Little by little, I started to substitute church for other things. I didn't really want to be there. I'd still go because, out of respect for mom and dad, but I didn't want to be there. I started to want to go to parties and get drunk. Mine was filled with, you know, relationships and my friendship circle. That changed as well. I didn't want to hang out with my Christian buddies, right? I just wanted to experience the world for myself. So very quickly after I put out that challenge, I got hit. My world just spun around and before I knew it, I was in a place so alone, isolated, in a state of depression. I never saw that before In my 15. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be good. By the time I was 17, I was so empty, lost, afraid, with no hope in the world, angry at God for the quality of my life, angry at Him for the state that I was in, angry for my emptiness, angry that nothing was satisfying me it came to the point where i'd go to bed at night not wanting to not caring if i woke up the next day and somehow in the middle of all this i find myself in the youth van in the youth van on my way to a conference a youth conference up in auckland and we had a a stretch your leg kind of break they pulled over in the spot, it's quite early in the morning. The Hucker Bridge, right? So, right, like, all right, let's get out, let's all stretch our legs, let's have a little bit of a break. So we got out, I was angry, didn't wanna be a part of what was happening. And there was a walkway that went underneath the bridge that you could walk across to get like a really good view of this river. It was really high up. And so I dwindled towards the back and the whole group went in front of me. They all went forward, disappeared into the fog. It was early, early morning. I remember just trailing trailing behind, taking my time, and I saw off to the side this ladder, which led up to a scaffolding, a bit where they're doing works underneath the bridge. And next thing I know, I'm climbing up, walking around the platform, and there's a part on the scaffold where there's no guardrail, and I'm just standing there, just toes on the edge, with no hope in the world, just lost. I hadn't planned to step on the edge, I hadn't planned to to count down from 10, but it was an opportunity that presented itself and I just took it. With a couple of seconds left, from behind me my older brother calls out, hey Kyle, what? Totally shaken, totally rattled, what what am I doing? What what the heck is going on? I stand back, we carried on to conference. Three days at conference, I can't remember anything that happened. I was hurting. I was in pain. <clears throat> Hasting on God for the quality of my life. <clears throat> and on the last night, don't know who was speaking. can't remember the message. But he said something <clears throat> that caused action. He said, you know what? If you're carrying stuff that you're not meant to be carrying, if there are things in your life that are just pulling you down, things in your life that are so weighty on your shoulders, hey, look, you're not meant to live like that. Come to the front, surrender it to Jesus. You can lay it all at the altar. And I remember that being crushed by the waves of my own sin, by the pressure that I put on myself, making my way to the front, to the altar, just putting it all at his feet. God, would you take this? God, would you remove this from my life? I hate living like this. Would you just take it all from me? And this weight, just lifted, just gone like that. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. My brother calling out as I stood on the edge. I see that as the hand of God. Keep me in his grip. I want to encourage you, in your darkest day, there is light <clears throat> at the end of the tunnel. Even in the darkest hour, the sun is about to come up. Would you run to Him today? What are you carrying that you shouldn't be carrying? What hurts, what pains, what struggles, what past experiences are you know, still in the back of your mind that you need to give to God? <clears throat> so I want to say, it's not worth... Hanging on to those things. Jesus came that we would have life and life in abundance. He changed my life and he can change yours too. He changed Chris's, he can change yours too. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Today, would you put your trust in God? Would you accept what happened at the cross? I just want to give an opportunity for those that that want to receive this salvation, that want to receive this grace, that want to be connected to the Father in heaven that loves them so much. An opportunity for you to to receive that, to be transformed from the inside, to kickstart, to fuel that faith that many of us here carry. The Word of God says, for it is grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, freely given. He gives it to us freely. It is not earned by works that one can boast in it. So in this moment, if you just want to close your eyes and bow your heads, I just want to give an opportunity. If you want to get right with God, if you want to surrender your life and your you know what, Jesus, I actually want to live a life for you. The way I've been going is too hard and I can't do it on my own. I just want to commit my life fully to you. If we confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My friend, you will be saved from making this decision. If that's you here this morning, I'm gonna count to three and you can put your hand up. I just wanna pray a prayer with you. One, Jesus loves you so much. Two, it's not time to back down. Three, if that's you, why don't you put your hand up? Awesome, I see the hand in the back. I see those hands. It's awesome, I see those hands. Thank you so much. You can put those hands down. As you read on else, you're walking around with stuff that you shouldn't be carrying the guilt, the shame. Now is an opportunity to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Last call, if that's you, just raise your hand right now. Awesome, I see that hand, I see those two hands, thank you so much. Awesome. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna pray a prayer, acknowledging what Jesus has done on the cross and asking Him to come into our lives. So church all together as a big family, would you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a savior. I turn towards you and ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lead me and guide me. Be Lord of my life from this day forth. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, let's just round of applause to those that made the decision for Jesus today. so good. Remember, keep coming back to church. It's so important that you surround yourself with faith-filled people. And if you made that decision, make sure you head towards the back of the auditorium. We have pastors uh, that are holding a Bible and a little pamphlet just talking about the decision that you've made. So I encourage you, go to the back and grab yourself a Bible. But church, let's stand, and I'll just pronounce a blessing over us, and then it will be done. So if you are comfortable, you can hold your hands out like this, and, and I'll just pronounce this blessing right now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.